0: welcome back to another episode from tech talks at tech markets where me and the leading expert tim finch talk to you about everything related to the financial market please if you've been watching us for the last four weeks make sure you do me a favor and give us a follow subscribe to the channel it will help us more than you think so last week was a massive week i think today we're gonna (laughs) have to talk a little bit more about what happened last week um, it was the big interest rate decision week last week.
1: Yeah, so we had three decisions that came out last week. It's rare that you get all three in the same week, but we had it last week. So the first one was on Wednesday, the 1st of February, the Fed meeting where they raised interest rates by 0.25%. Um, the Chair Powell in the news conference afterwards, he seemed very relaxed. I think he believes that what they've done is kind of starting to show some signs of deflationary pressure. Um, He still gave out the phrase that rates will stay higher for longer. But the FOMO group read his other statements as a bit dovish. So the market seems to want to believe or, or hope that interest rates have only one more 25 basis point hike at the most, and then they would actually need to fall at the year end. So equities immediately jumped higher after the press conference and dollar was under pressure Um, but the market did wait to see what he said in the press conference before it took off so that was the first one
0: do you think he was actually relaxed oh because he's been doing it for so long now he's got used to it uh because i was watching the um, the press conference the q and a's afterwards and some of the questions there he looks like he's had enough right he looks like enough is enough. We can't deal with it anymore. We can't protect the economy. Uh, the co- the Congress has to deal with it. Yeah, when he's
1: talking about the deficit ceiling, he makes it clear that's not my job. You know, that's down to Congress. We're the Fed. We're looking after inflation. That's our role. He makes it very clear. But it's it's boring for him because every time the 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 news guys, they try to catch him out, right? They try to get a sound bite out of him or something different, you know, or they ask the same question again and again. I mean if I was him I'd be saying, Look, I already answered that one. Next, you know. But he was relaxed, you know, he kind of like he took it easy. So yeah, good good performance there.
0: You've sorted predicted it, um about Euro USD and you told us if there is interest rate by twenty five then USD will, you know, will go on that uh, streak of going long.
1: Yeah. So, you know, we've, we've had the, uh, the Bank of England did another raise of 50 basis points. And that was kind of widely priced in. Uh, that takes the base rates up to 4% in this country. But after that, sterling US fell after the news. And then on Thursday, the same day, the ECB raised rates by 50 basis points. Now that only takes their rates up to two point five percent and euro dollar fell after the news. So it's only really the increase in US rates that's had a positive effect on the currency. The rest uh, you know it's pushed the, the currency against the dollar lower. but we did finally get that move we predicted in euro sterling. so it went up from eighty eight sixty five where it was on Wednesday to eighty nine eighty by Friday. So keep watching this euro sterling story. If you remember, the story is that there'll be a lesser recession, a a shallower recession in Europe than in the U.K.
0: Right. Uh, Meanwhile, the European Central Bank raised rates by 50, taking rates up to 2.5 percent.
1: Yeah, rates are still less in in Europe than they are in in the U.K. Um, You know, we've got more inflation than they have. They think there'll be a shallower uh, recession there but i think they've got another 50 basis points to come maybe in march so you know that's that's still an ongoing story really that there'll be another rate rise in europe
0: right meanwhile in the battle of the tv pundits on equity what happened last week tell us please well if you've been
1: following this story we've got the two groups right we got don't fight the fed which we're calling dftf This is where Chairman Powell keeps saying interest rates are going to be higher for longer, that should put pressure on equity rate markets, and we haven't seen the bottom yet in the equity markets, and that the dollar should be stronger. So that group has been out of fashion for the last four or five weeks. The other group we're calling fear of missing out, FOMO, right? This is the group that says interest rates have peaked, inflation's coming down. The central banks might actually need to cut rates by the end of the year. So it's time to buy equities again. There's a fear of missing out. They want to buy equities. And so they almost use any excuse to buy equities. So they didn't need much of an excuse this week, right? We had strong rallies in tech stocks like Meta that owns Facebook, Alphabet, Tesla and Apple. All these stocks are up you know, these companies have been cutting costs, they've got better than expected earnings, their multiples have improved. So buyers are willing to come in at lower levels if they think the recession will not be too deep. But the TV guys are already saying, do we trust this rally in equities? Some think there's a kind of disconnect between the markets and what the Fed's saying. You know, FOMO group thinks that US dollar interest rates will get cut in mid-2023. But what happens if the Fed actually does keep rates higher for longer? Equity markets could top out if the rates are held longer. So this week, week five, the winner is FOMO after the interest rate rises. But they did have a bit of a wobble after the unemployment numbers. But for now, the equity rally continues. Um, Yeah, I'm a little bit suspicious about it, but let's see. But FOMO is the five-time winner again this week.
0: Brilliant. And Friday, it was the US employment number, which someone wrote in the live chat as well.
1: Yeah, so this was a really unexpected number. When the number came out as a whopping 517,000 against the expectation of just 189,000, I mean, not one person I saw had 500,000 in their expectation. Most of them were like around the 150, 170, 200 at the most. And the December figure was revised up to 260 from 233. So the Fed's really not going to like these kind of numbers, right? I mean, you know, what's going on in these employment numbers? The employment rate fell to 3.4% from 3.8%, which is the lowest rate for 53 years. So are people running out of the money that they got from the government during COVID and having to find jobs? I mean, January, it's kind of like, you know, it's a period where people say it's a new year, new me new resolution shit, I have to go out and get a job right so <laughs> that's maybe what people are doing so even at these low levels of unemployment the tightness in rates is not really contributing a rebound in wage inflation so you know it's it's still moderate but is the impact of these aggressive rate hikes that we've seen the most aggressive since the 90s has it been felt in the labor market well Not really. I mean, it's critical now because the central banks are coming into the second phase of their inflation fighting campaign. And if they're leaving behind some of their rhetoric and speaking about fighting inflation, if there was a pause in rates, then the labour shortage should keep the wage growth and inflation persistent. But what it means is if its rates are going to stay higher for longer in this new regime, it's almost like we've heard everything from chair powell now you know he's told us everything he wants to say and the market interpreted it a bit different on friday they were a bit less fomo and a bit more don't fight the fed on uh, friday afternoon after the numbers came out
0: right right and about gold let's talk a little bit about gold oh gold's had a
1: really good run i mean it was up to 1950 earlier in the week after the rate rises and the employment numbers it topped out it's back down to 1863 so you know the market had started to price in these eventual red fed rate cuts and gold was rallying on that but now if rates are going to be higher for longer then maybe some of these asset managers asset markets are going to top out and gold would top out as well so a hundred dollar fall back to 1863 from the highs of earlier in the week on gold
0: brilliant and let's talk about what to watch for next week. well
1: we always like to talk a little bit about crypto It was a strong week for crypto. The support is still in place with a few retracements. Um, One commentator that I watch said that the next target for Bitcoin is 28,000. And another commentator said it's going to be 45,000 by Christmas 2023. So what's the rationale for that? Well, he has done the statistics. And he said, in years where Bitcoin has gone up in January, On six occasions, the rallies continued for the rest of the year, February to December, for an average of 245%. So that's how he gets it up to 45,000. Now, only in 2014, when Bitcoin had first started to become popular, did this not occur. That year, it went down 76%. Now, an interesting fact that came out this week is that in Nigeria, Bitcoin is currently at a 60% premium over the market price. So in, in Nigeria, they're paying 47000 for Bitcoin. And this is because the government has blocked the ability for citizens to take large amounts of cash out of their bank accounts through ATMs. So people are turning to Bitcoin. And there's actually a shortage of Bitcoin in Nigeria, where people are willing to pay two or three times the price in the market. So as usual, you know, crypto market is interesting, but volatile, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's been following the asset management, the asset markets. So it's gone up when the equity markets have gone up. Um, You know, we've had a strong run up. We found the support earlier where it didn't go down when it was 18,000 and a good run up to 28,000 would be maybe as much as we can do recently, 45,000, place your bets really. (laughs)
0: I mean, what you just said about Nigeria and people can't take cash out, like they have to take a certain amount of cash out, uh, out um, of the ATMs. Now, with all these things happening, like in Nigeria, we, we've seen other countries. Do you think people are more keen to trust crypto than the actual real I think in some countries, like? they don't have a choice.
1: You know, if you look at what they did in Venezuela, where they actively brought Bitcoin in, because there was such a huge inflation rate in these countries that the currency of the country was being devalued constantly. And so people were having to turn to Bitcoin and alternatives. Same in Turkey, you know, in Turkey, everyone's a foreign exchange trader, right? Because the lira fell dramatically in some years and they've had to turn to other currencies just to keep the value of their money. So yeah, I think, I think this is helping the acceptance of crypto. In the more sort of regulated countries and where they've got a strong currency like the dollar, it's not such a factor. But if you were living in Turkey and you saw that your your own money was being devalued 50% a year, what would you do? You'd
0: turn to something else, right? Right. And And do you think the United States of America would allow crypto to threaten the dollar they won't let it threaten the dollar because because the dollar
1: is always going to be you know the biggest currency in the world the regulation that they're going to bring in will try to control crypto a little bit over there but you can see that there's institutional acceptance of crypto now last week we talked about the pattern of when crypto is going up during us time that's institutional buying when it's going up in asia time that's retail buying more retail interest is in in china and in asia so you know we we're looking at it and thinking there's more acceptance of crypto there's more there's widespread acceptance of blockchain which is the method of supporting crypto but things like ftx didn't hurt it well that seems like a long time ago in november right things move fast in the crypto market and the mood changes quickly
0: what happens if people slowly, slowly starting to use crypto more than the USD dollar and institutional, you know, firms or big companies start, you know, trading in crypto rather than the USD dollar. That will certainly sort of affect I mean, the USD one dollar. Of
1: the companies that we talk to is in Canada. They do about 60% of all the flow in crypto in Canada. And what they're seeing is that small businesses are starting to accept crypto now for payments. So if you're a travel company in Canada and people are willing to pay in crypto, they accept the crypto, but they swap it straight out into fiat currency, into Canadian dollars. So there's a lot of this conversion going on, but that's the start of crypto being accepted Mm. as a currency. You can go and spend it in places. You can go into a cafe in Dubai now, right, and pay with crypto. So you know, this kind of acceptance is growing and that just helps to. Strengthen crypto as a a currency. Can it replace the dollar tomorrow? No, the dollar's been around for a long time. It's still going to be the world's biggest reserve currency for quite a while.
0: Absolutely. Let's talk about sterling. Yeah,
1: it's interesting. You know, I'm in the UK, so I'm watching it. You know, there was bad news for Rishi last week. He had to fire his uh, Conservative Party chairman over his tax affairs. Apparently, Liz Truss is trying to make a comeback and trying to push her growth agenda type policies <laughs> we don't want to see that here and rishi's generally still under pressure on all these old ministers from the boris area and their bad behavior the strikes are continuing can he get past that so they're looking for good news right so one piece of good news was the uk has joined this cptpp group you remember the CPTT Group is the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans Pacific Partnership. So it's a free trade agreement between Australia, Brunei, Canada, Chile, Japan, Malaysia, Mexico, Peru, New Zealand, Singapore, and Vietnam, which was signed in 2018. But this could be a good deal for UK farmers to sell goods to Southeast Asia. You know, Southeast Asia is still booming. Um, The UK needs this because now we Brexited from Europe, our biggest trade market, where where are we going to get our next trade deal? So you, you can see the government is looking on a global basis. So when this news came out, it was just a minor positive for Sterling. It bounced up about 40, 50 points, and then it got sold off again after the rate increase. So as we've always said in the past, Sterling likes to find a range so we found the top of the range at 124 127 that kind of area now we need to find the bottom of the band so is it at 118 or 120 or lower we don't know at the moment it's still quite negative about the uk economy and about the strikes that are happening so maybe there's still some pressure to come on sterling until it finds that base but generally it likes to trade a range so yeah, maybe we'll try down to one hundred eighteen, see if there's some support there like there was previously, and then it's got its range that it can play.
0: Did Rishi pay his uh TikTok video fine, yeah? <laughs> uh let's talk about China. So now. this week
1: um quite a few bits of information about China. Some of the commentators are saying okay, there's been a fantastic rally in Chinese equities companies like TikTok, you know, Tencent, they've all had a good run up. Is that done now? You know, it was a short-term rally that kind of took over in January. Um, If China re-emerges, is this positive for the RMB, the renminbi? Um, It shouldn't be inflationary, so they're not so worried about that. Now, um, we called the move in dollar CNH, which is the offshore RMB, down all the way from 721 to 670 so what's next it bounced back to 680 on friday and there was a slight negative for china because the usa caught a surveillance balloon which was flying high over u.s soil and says it's spying and the chinese government said calm down it's a weather balloon but the usa is pissed off you know they cancelled these bilateral talks were meant to happen this week, where they were going to discuss Taiwan and the semiconductors that we talked about before, China's support for Russia in the Ukraine war. So watch out for that this week to be a thing. Um, Watch dollar CNH and maybe Aussie CNH cross this week. They could go a little bit higher as the CNH comes down
0: brilliant and what about the bond market debate the bond market is calling bluff on central yeah Lakes. i mean it's
1: the same fomo versus don't fight the fed debate so this week we had the fed the bank of england and the ecb all raising rates and yet bond markets have rallied so prices have gone down the bond market is just refusing to believe this hawkish narrative that's put by put out by the central banks, it's kind of stubbornly pricing in these cuts in the second half of 2023. Now, they may think differently after the unemployment numbers, as we said earlier, but when the central banks say we'll be data dependent from now onwards, that kind of adds a a degree of flexibility. And the bond markets, they're really convinced that inflation will slow down to two and a half to three percent. And if the central banks don't play hardball with them and keep the policy very tight, while instead saying they'll be data dependent, then the market's gonna do what they do best, which is push the path of least resistance and challenge unconvincing policy makers. You know, if you're a, a central bank governor, you've gotta have a strong policy statement and stick to it. So every time there's a bit of wavering, of course the bond markets are gonna try and price that in. So we've seen a bit of that, but. I don't know. With these unemployment numbers, the Fed's got to think again. And I believe that everything that Chair Powell wants to say, he put out in his statement. He wanted to say rates will stay higher for longer. And if there is more wage inflation, they'll have to stay higher for longer. So maybe we won't get these rate cuts that the bond market's pricing in, and the bond market will have to change its mind again.
0: I mean well let's see what's going to happen next week but thank you so much for all these uh, lovely insights so now it's question time every week we're going to answer questions you guys watching have sent in so we've got a question from abdul rahman he says what's the most important you know mistakes to avoid in trading?" well i
1: think if you want to be a trader you have to have an interest in (laughs) markets So you need to know the background to the market on two different levels. The first level, we call it macro, the economics, what's happening in the country or the currency that you're looking at. To understand some of that, that's what we try to give you every week, to highlight stories, to give you the macro background, if you like. The second part is technical analysis. And I like to combine the two. So I've spent many years studying technical analysis. if you're a trader you'd study it all your life and sometimes it helps sometimes it doesn't help but if you need to have a really good handle on the markets you need those two things and once you've got that always start at the highest level so look at the daily charts first and see where the big picture is going then look down maybe at four hour charts then one hour charts so if you're an intraday trader you should be looking at 5 or 15 minute charts and the hourly charts are your long term charts if your trading horizon is 2 or 3 days you look up to the daily chart or even the weekly chart and then look down to the hourly charts to make your decision so my advice is always look up a couple of time frames to give you the overall picture i've seen many traders come in and they've watched the market go down for days and days and weeks and weeks and just sell at the bottom of the market and afterwards they regret it because on the daily chart that was this daily chart support and they looked at a 15-minute chart playing yes. hit the bottom and lost money and if they'd only looked up a couple of time horizons they could have seen it
0: that's true that's true i've, I've been there many times thank We've you so much I, I do it thank you so dying. much <laughs> no brilliant guys we came to the end of today's episode and before I just want to add something to what you've just said. There, we've also got this educational school. So, we teach you about everything related to the FX market from A to Z. What's forex and the way we've built this educational school and the content—it's very entertaining, and it's in very detailed manners, you know. And it's so like you know, we've we've brought Cristiano Ronaldo in the picture. If you like Kim Kardashians, it's there. So we we've we've made it so entertaining that. You can relate to it in a way, and it's so so amazing. It's, um, it's an over now; it's a discount. Make sure you get. It. And if you haven't got the time to learn, or if you haven't got the experience to trade, you can sign up for our managed accounts, and we can, you know, look after you from A to Z. Anyways, we came to the end of this episode. Thank you so much, Tim. Guys, please make sure you subscribe, like this episode for more episodes to come. And yeah, appreciate you so much. Have a lovely day, Tim. Thank you so much.